Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Arnie Diaz Show live. Oh man, I gotta tell you, hitting that go live button is absolutely terrifying. Um, thank you so much for watching, listening. And also before I get started, uh, my Facebook page has actually kept going and growing. And I appreciate those of you who have liked and like added a view. Um, I, I'm sorry to do this a little bit more. I've been away for a while because I really wanted to get my head really in, do, in depth of the idea of actually how to be a journalist. And I've been working on actually learning the fundamentals of it. Uh, so I have decided that I'm going to be going live a couple times a week. Uh, this is just the first one for this week. I'll probably go live tomorrow with some current news. Uh, but today I'm going to share some good news in the world. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there is good things that have happened in the world and in the planet. Uh, and I just want to deliver a couple of good news stories for you today. So uh, today we're going to be talking about a, uh, a story about a bicycle path that is going to be built that is going to go from coast to coast. Uh, Regula uh, air pollution regulation has helped save the lives of almost a billion birds in the last four years. And also a Texas school has opened up a pantry to help not only its students and teachers, but also the surrounding community. And then finally, I'm going to talk about the lone Capitol Police officer that helped save the life of almost everybody in the Senate. So without further ado, let's begin with some good news from the Good News Network. Let's get this going. There we go. Good news on epic bike trails stretching coast to coast across the USA. Quote, the Great American Rail Trail will eventually run from Washington, D.C. to Washington State Coast and connect more than 145 existing paths with more than 1,988 miles that have already been completed. Once the, trail, once the trail project, which is led by the Rails to Trail Conservatory, is complete, it will save a huge number of Americans. As much as 50 million lives within, live within 80 kilometers of the trail. For cycling fans, here's a look at the whole rail trail. It's pretty big. It's obviously a little bit more north to us, but like there's a bunch of these trails across the planet. And the, as Americans, we don't really have a lot of these kind of big, expansive trails. Uh, but this is an incredible project that's going to span many states. Uh, quote from the article, rail trails paths built, uh, built on disused railway tracks and other recreational routes have proven invaluable uh, respites for many during the COVID-19 pandemic, providing uh, alternative commu uh, commuting routes and space for people to exercise, often near built-up urban areas. Quote from one of the conservatory's uh, heads, this year has proven how vital projects like the Great American Rare Trail are to the country. Millions of people have been found their way outside on trails as a way to cope with the pandemic. Uh, as the Great American Rail Trail connects more towns, cities, states, and regions, this infrastructure serves as the backbone of, of, of resilient communities while Ushering while well, uttering us uh, ushering us around bold, ambitious, and impactful vision. Uh, while multi-use trails can be used by anyone from joggers to horse riders, cycling has become particularly popular during the lockdown, both as a form of exercise and as a method of transport. Bike sales soared across the world as people sought to avoid public transport. There are obvious health benefits to traveling by bike. 
uh, not only does it provide an aerobic workout and trigger the body's feel-good chemicals, endorphins, uh, cycling is also easy on the joints, builds muscle, increases bone density, and helps with everyday activities. Cycling is also seen as a way of helping people deal with post-pandemic, uh, sorry, uh, handling post-pandemic uh, uh, pollution levels. That's interesting. And the article uh, goes on to explain that there are these kinds of paths across Europe. And that's kind of a that's kind of an interesting thing because here in America, we don't usually think of as biking as a really like alternative transportation source uh, as opposed to right to you know driving cars and that really harkens back to the fact that us as Americans back when uh, we were becoming industrialized a lot of uh, companies that created cars lobbied to make sure that road laws were implemented to oversee pedestrian laws so that's why uh, in a lot of places in America, like well, like 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 Dallas itself, you don't really see a lot of bike trails, right? It's all meant to just be controlled by car traffic, and that's very different in Europe. Like uh, one of the biggest things that's different than us in Europe is there are a lot of places in Europe where where you work, there's actually a shower that you can take, right? You can take a shower before you like as you get to work, and there's definitely that growing more in America now. But there, it's a little bit more seen as a proper way of transport. And I can definitely attest to the overall health benefits of, of riding, a, riding a bike. I love it. I do it all the time. It helps me, you know, uh, get a better feel for the day. It makes you feel better. It is exercise. It just feels good. And to see that there's going to be a giant trail from coast to coast is incredible. I actually know somebody who, who actually took... Uh, a ride from Texas all the way up north to like uh, all the way to the to Canada. You can do that now. To see that there's a, a more emphasis on this kind of transportation, at least in our country, is you know is incredible. And it also it makes sense. You know, like it is possible to ride around and actually do things you need to do in a bicycle. You know, us in America, we have definitely. Uh, have made sure that cars are the thing that we use for transport. And it is definitely the thing that most of us in this country, like not all parts of this country, decide to use as our primary transport. Uh, but bicycling is definitely useful. And as long as the weather's good, it can be your primary mode of transport, not to mention the health benefits and the fact that it's definitely cheaper than maintaining a vehicle and a heck of a lot better for the environment. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to see that things like these are happening around the country. Uh, and I'm sure that this is also going to usher in a whole nother like era of transportation of this kind of nature. Like there's definitely a couple things in Dallas that are happening. Like they're definitely going to try to connect the White Rock Trail all the way to Frisco, connecting a bunch of other trails together, which is really, really fascinating and cool. And I'm really happy about that. Uh, so I'm just, you know, I just wanted to share this because it's really cool. And I, I love to see things like this innovation in a, in a, in a really uh, fascinating, but also healthy way is really cool. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the birds. So from the Good News Network, air pollution laws may have saved over 1.5 billion birds in American skies. Quote from the article, countless human lives have been saved in the last 40 years since pollution re regulations have signed into U.S. law. But tracking dirty air has also seen saving, has also been saving birds. 
A, a new large-scale study conducted by scientists at Cornell University and the University of Oregon found that improved air quality under federal programs to reduce ozone pollution may have averted the loss of 1.5 billion birds during the past four decades. That's nearly 20% of bird life in the United States. That is staggering. 20% of birds. LB and I have actually been saved through regulation. So one of the biggest things that air pollution regulation does is help humans, right? So it's really about making sure that humans do not fall prey to respiratory diseases, right? You know, you got influenza, you've got the, you've obviously got um, um, a lot of, a lot of people who deal with this stuff have also been helped by it. I actually know a few people who have had to actually leave city centers because of their health, because of the pollution. Uh, it is, is it nice to see that those regulations have not only helped save human lives, but they've also helped save bird lives, of course. Um, read a little bit more from the article here. Uh, the study published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Science suggests that the ozone pollution is most detrimental to small migratory birds, such as sparrows, wallbirds, and finches, that make up 86% of all North American land bird species. Ozone pollution directly harms birds by damaging their respiratory systems and indirectly affects populations by harming their food sources. So that means that it also harms the smaller animals that they feed on. A quote from one of the heads of the study, not only can ozone cause direct physical damage to birds, but it can also compromise plant health and reduce the number of insects that birds consume. Not surprising, birds that cannot access high quality habitats or food resources are less likely to survive or reproduce successfully. The good news is here is that the environmental policies uh, intended to protect human health have in return important benefits for birds as well. And I can understand why a lot of people would hearken against environmental regulations, but this is the reason why they're important. It's not just to help human life, it's to help life across the board. And if there's one thing that this whole situation that we're all currently in has actually tuned me into is, is how much I value life over the commodities that uh, regulation give us, right? Essentially what I'm saying is, is that I am for and have always been pro-life over industry. That is my stance of life. And I realize that we live in a country, especially this year, we've seen that most of this country is really all about, well, I know it's not gonna say most of this country, but we're, we're most like, but our overall attitude about things in the environment has been it is jobs are more important than human life and i think you know thank 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 god we have a new administration to kind of change heads a little bit but that is just counter to the human condition and it is counter to the condition of our environment and eventually these things if they are not regulated will harm us and will obviously harm the life that is around us as well um, I understand the stance of making sure that industry is able to move forward besides life itself. But at some point, those things are the things that we are going to have to deal with. We cannot continuously just push aside the problem of environmentalism 
and, and say that we're going to deal with it one day later when we can figure out how to allow industry to move with it. The truth is that industry has to move with us as human beings. And I understand that that can rub some people the wrong way, but we are going to have to deal with the environmental question. And if we don't deal with the environmental question, that we eventually will have things falling apart across the country that we that will eventually harm humans and harm our economy at the same time. Our economy is not immune to the environment. Eventually, those things will harm us and they will harm our environment. Um, it, it, it's the truth that there's going to be parts of Arizona that eventually will be uninhabitable. And we don't see that now, but it will all happen at once. Right. It doesn't happen now, but it'll be a slowly climb to where those things will happen. So I'm, I'm glad that regulations are starting to truly benefit not just ourselves and our lives, but also the lives of the things around us. All right. Let's move on to the next bit of good news. This comes out of Sanger, Texas. And simply because it is from Texas, I might read some of this. This is from USA Today. A Texas school district opens a free grocery store to help disadvantaged students. Um, from the article, uh, this month, uh, the principal of Linda Toot High School in the small town of Sanger, Texas, said that he was approached by an eighth grader eager to share that he had bought a three-in-one men's shampoo, conditioner, and body wash. Quote, the first thing he did was he said, hey, look at my hair. The principal, Anthony Love, recalled in an interview on Tuesday. And so I looked at it and it looked clean, Love said, but he was excited about it because it was the first time he had ever had his own shampoo. The student who lives with his mother and sister said he had avoided using their shampoo because of the smell. I'm guessing because it probably smells girly. You know, uh, but he was finally able to get his own shampoo as well as food at a new student run grocery store on the students campus where students can buy food and other essentials without money. It makes you reflect back on yourself and some of the things that we take for granted. And it helps you put life in perspective, Love said, of the student's encounter. The store, which opened in November, makes canned goods, produce, laundry detergent, soap, and other products available free of charge to students and faculty members of the school district and the 9,000 residents of Sanger, about 50 miles north of Dallas. Believed to be the first of its kind at a high school, the on-site store uh, has the, was the brainchild of Paul Ruiz, executive director of First Refuge Ministries, one of the operation's sponsors. Ruiz, whose nonprofit provided free medical care, dental work, and mental health counseling, and food worked in the grocery business for over 20 years. It was where he got his first job as a package clerk at the age of 16. Quote, if we can make our food pantries look like a grocery store and give people a card to shop with as, as they would in any other place, Ruiz said, then we can keep dignity in the people. And what I think he's trying to say here is that it can be a little intimidating, if not a little embarrassing for you or as a person to go into a food pantry where you are given food because it just feels like you're getting a handout. And 
it could feel a little shameful for some people. This food pantry at this at this school actually looks like a grocery store, like a little mini grocery store. Uh, and the article goes on to state that they give each student a little card and on that card are points. And each student is given a certain amount of points that they can spend at the store. And the students are given more points based on grades or good behavior. And they can also, and so they can use those points in the store to help buy them food or detergent the things that they need for their homes. It is true that there are food deserts all around the country. Um, and it's important to understand that some people, especially now in this time, can't afford to get food. And there are a multitude of organizations across the countries and in schools, schools like this that are there to help people. And a, a program like this within a school that looks like a grocery store makes those kinds of thing not, things not only accessible, but it also keeps the dignity of the person when they're trying to go get that food. They don't feel like they're going into a food pantry. They just feel like they're going into a school and they're using points that they obtained as a person in that school who did something good or is doing good grades. I'm going to read again from the uh, article. Quote, a small family with three or fewer people in a household is allotted 40 points, and a large family with six or more people gets 65 points. The biggest the family, the more points they get. The points are replenished every week. Items in the grocery store cost one or three points. Uh, quote from Love, they're able to purchase a lot of items with those points. Students can earn more points through positive office referrals from staff members for outstanding performances in the classroom or around the school building. Students can also earn points through on-campus jobs, such as in the school garden or as mentors or assistants. Love said that the schools require students to apply for the jobs to gain real-world experience and learn responsibility. Quote, there is a job application and they have to fill it out. They have to have two references that they have and they have to maintain passing grades. Things like this just show you two things. First, that there is help for people in communities. And secondly, there is a way to reinforce positive affirmations to these students and positive attitudes to these students to help them get the things that they need, but also work in an environment that they will be working for outside of school at the same time. Uh, I think this is wonderful. This is in Sanger, Texas, which is not that far from here. You see, it actually does look just like a regular grocery store. Uh, I'm thankful for organizations like this that help people in my community. I'm glad for this. And there is also tons of these communities across, across the Metroplex and across the country that help people with this. Um, I'm glad this is happening and I hope that more of this happens as well. According to the article, there are, might be pilot programs for something like this in other parts of the country as well. Um, all right, I'm gonna move on to the next bit of good news. This is of course about the riots that happened about two weeks ago at the Capitol. A quote from goodnewsnetwork.com, lone Capitol police officer lured rioters away from the Senate chambers. Quote from the article, footage shown officer Eugene Goodman all alone and just a few steps ahead of rioters as they were waving Confederate flags and shooting and, and, and shouting at him as they chase him down the flight of stairs inside the Capitol building. Goodman can be seen 
can, can be seen covertly, covertly looking at the entrance to the Senate just a few feet away. Then he lures the intimidating riots in the opposite direction, risking his life. At one crucial moment, he notices the leader glancing toward the chamber and Goodman directs him by shoving his shoulders and then backing away in the opposite direction and the crowd follows him. This is a still of him actually looking towards the Senate chamber as the rioters are coming up the stairs. Just one minute later, authorities manage to seal off the chambers, protecting all those inside, while the lone officer leads them up more stairs to a landing where he is finally supported by more police officers. Goodman, a veteran of the U.S. Army, had served in Iraq and is being praised for his bravery and divisive, decisive actions during the harrowing situation. Since Wednesday, members of Congress have been calling for Goodman to be recognized and the Congressional Medal of Honor for his work. Uh, U.S. representatives uh, have also stated that he will be given the medal. Uh, at least they're going to try to enact a couple of resolutions to give him the medal. Now, I want to show you guys uh, the actual footage of him at, at the rioter and kind of show you bit by bit what he's doing. I got this information from someone else who broke down this, this footage. So I'm going to press play. You see what he's doing there? So first off, he's actually facing the crowd and not running away from the crowd because he knows instinctively that if he runs away from the crowd, they will follow him. But if he's facing them, it keeps them from advancing. And, 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 and as and as you can see, he's he's like looking at them and touting them, and he's following up the stairs as he's talking on the radio with all of the people, all the other officers. But you can also see at times he actually shoves some of the rioters with his hands. That actually makes them follow him. He's provoking them to making to make them follow him up the stairs. Uh, and as you can see, he's leading them away from the other portion of the stairs and into a different chambers, all the while pushing one of the lead rioters, right? Making sure that the rioter is paying attention to him and so that he is able to lead them away. Now, this is the moment that is pictured there. He's shoving the rioter to make sure that he has his attention. And then on the other side is actually where the chambers are. So as soon as he shoves him, he again starts backing away in the opposite direction of the chamber. Incredible situational awareness, incredible understanding of what's happening in the room. And as you can see, he finally lands into a space where he has a lot more help. This was obviously an incredible situation that I'd imagine a lot of people may not have trained for. And I'm sure a lot of things are going to come out for exactly what happened during the riots, about why there was so much lax uh, security. But Eugene Goodman's acts and situational awareness did save lives. Um, and I want to show you this. So this was from the inauguration. He was definitely 100% uh, given a promotion. He is now the Senate's deputy sergeant at arms. And he is seen here pictured with part of the security detail escorting Camilla Harris, now vice president, during the inauguration. He also looks like he got like style, like somebody like he also looks like he got a wardrobe budget and he looks like he lost weight. I don't know. It's weird. But, you know, 
That's just what happens when you become a hero. You lose weight and you get a stylist. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to kind of end things off with one last little thing here. Uh, the um, so now that the inauguration's over, uh, CNN hen CNN here has a breakdown of some um, news articles from around the world front pages from around the world. So here we have uh, Canada, and in the front of there, this is their national post. It says, democracy's fragile, and it is the, and in my hour, my friends, democracy has prevailed. United Kingdom's Guardian also has some quote from Biden, democracy has prevailed there. The Daily Telegraph says, uh, this is actually part of his uh, speech. It says, end this uncivil war. It's interesting that he called it the uncivil war. Does that make sense? This is the Daily Mail from the UK. Don gone, let's go, Joe. That's funny. Metro, now make America great again. I just thought that'd be interesting. Um, it, it, the And then Ireland here, which uh, kind of a side note on Ireland. Ireland uh, really likes Joe Biden because uh, Joe Biden is of Irish descent and he has always touted his Irish heritage. Uh, he's quoted from Ir Irish poets. Uh, he is uh, always, he's visited Ireland and visited his family there. So they definitely claim him. Uh, this is a cool one. This is from Italy, from La Stampa. Uh, it says, welcome back, America. Uh, this is España from El Mundo. El Mundo means the world. This is uh, this one says on the front page, there is much uh, the, uh, there is much to heal in the U.S., they say. And then this is from Australia, from the front page of the West Australian. Don, let the door, <laughs> Don, Don, let the door hit you on the way out. Uh, then uh, this one says from a front page of what looks like uh, uh, looks like 18 News. Donald Duckoff. That was funny. Nigeria from the Guardian. I will be president for all, says Biden. Uh, and then Hong Kong uh, says uh, in English. Uh, picture pictures. Uh, nope, doesn't have a translation there. United Emirates. This one says Biden assemble, uh, assembles presidency as trumpled off leader goes. That's funny. <laughs> That's why I just thought that'd be fun to kind of lead things off with. Uh, thank you so much for watching, guys. I appreciate it. If you're still watching, thank you very much. Uh, this will be available on my podcast feed, The Arnie Diaz Show. And I will be back tomorrow with some more uh, kind of uh, more current event stuff. And I'll be going live. It's kind of my goal to go live at least a couple times every week. Uh, just to kind of give you guys some of the stuff that's going off in the, in the world. I'm trying my best to understand journalistic principles and deliver things in a journalistic way. Uh, obviously, me just sitting here kind of reading you articles is kind of uh, besides that, as in the journalism has already happened. Uh, but I will do my best to work on some stories that are more my style and more of an actual journalistic integrity into it. Um, I'm actually working on two things right now. I'm going to be working on a whole video about the riots themselves and why they happened. And then I'm also going to talk about uh, what happened, what the Biden's first hundred days. I've got a whole things about that. And also I'm going to work on a story about the new Dallas police chief. So um, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate it. If you give me a like, I appreciate it. Or if you go follow me on the RDA show on all of the podcasting platforms, I would appreciate it as well. Thank you so